I dream of how we used to be in the day, the less convenient day. And how far from how that is today. Oh, golly gee, Miss Susie B, won't you come back home? Hello and welcome to the rankings episode of the IDP show. Uh, keen observers will notice I didn't say the IDP after show and that's because the uh, this episode has been moved up into the main feed starting this week. As Josh said in the email update sent out this week, the aim of the reshuffle is really to, to focus on shorter, more targeted episodes each week without any reduction in the volume of content that we bring your way. There's no change in the format to the rankings episode. I'll still be highlighting some of my favorite and least favorite players in my rankings at each position. And as usual, I'll still be joined by the best guests in the business. On that point, I'm very excited to welcome back Mike Wallet, IDP ranker, content lead, and green dot king over at 4 for 4 <laughs> back onto the show. Uh, Mike, we're making a, a pretty cool habit of this, aren't we? Yeah, good. Uh, good to be back, Jace. And uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I just can't believe we're in double digit weeks now. I mean, we're over halfway through the through the season, and we're at week ten. It's like you blink, and halfway the season is gone. For sure, it's it's it's, it's strange. Um, but look, I I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, your uh, your three down linebackers article uh, has been a, a must read of mine for years. We were talking about it off off air there. Um, you know, speaking of which, let's let's dive straight into our rankings. Um, starting with that linebacker position, and then the guys we're looking uh, we're excited about this week, essentially. So, you know, as an authority on on linebackers, who are you championing at the position for week ten? So for for week ten, I uh, I've got Logan Wilson. So I got him as my uh, my LB five this week. Um. He's his production's kind of come on over the last couple of weeks. He's got eight or more tackles in four straight games. Uh, he contributes defended passes. He's got five on the year. Uh, he's got interceptions, got three on the year. He's around the line of scrimmage. Uh, over the last four games, he's got a 15.7% tackle rate. So those that, that number is, is getting higher and higher. He's, he's getting more tackle opportunities. Uh, and the Texans are a, a top 10 team in points allowed to the linebacker position second in average points allowed and they're allowing almost 20 tackles a game to the linebacker position so for me logan wilson is in a really good spot so if you guys um logan wilson owners i know you start him every week but have no fear of starting him this week uh but yeah like i said i have logan wilson this week as my lb5 yeah that's a, that's a good call um there with uh, with him mike i I know he's not playing quite as well. He's not performing quite as well as he normally does. Um, but he's he's producing well enough. He's got that full time role locked down. He's doing. I feel like he's doing what he always does. You know, solid enough tackle volume, uh, enough big plays kind of sprinkled in there to give us those spike weeks that we uh, that we care about in fantasy as well. Um, and like you say, he's got a good matchup with the uh, with the Texans this week. I've got him ranked as my my LB sixteen this week. So clearly we're in uh, we're in lockstep on on that one. Um, ordinarily we talk about mine, but I know you had another guy that you wanted to, to bring up, uh, in this spot that you, you really like this week and you wanted to feature. So I've got, uh, yeah, I kind of moved him down to kind of the, the quick hits, but also, uh, I, I do like Jack Sanborn. Um, 
it's looking like no Tremaine Edmonds again this week. Uh, over the last two games, he's got a 19.1% tackle rate and a 16% solo rate. So he's getting to the ball, it seems, quicker uh, than TJ Edwards. And the Panthers are allowing 18 tackles a game to the linebacker position. So, uh, I, I, again, I, I like Sanborn. He, like I said, just seems to be getting to the ball quicker. He's got that good, got that good solo rate. Um, and, uh, yeah, really and big fan of Sanborn. I think I have him as my LB16 this week. Good stuff again, right there with you. Um, you know, he had himself a bit of a day uh, last week um, with a with a pretty productive outing. He just seems to me like one of those guys who who always produces uh, or seems to produce whenever he's he's kind of called upon. Um, yep. He's got a fifteen point six percent tackle efficiency so far this year, and then you know we know that particular stat is is influenced more by the the role uh, in the scheme. Uh, mm-hmm. Rather than by the the quality of of the player, it it's still a valid point uh, and one a stat worth mentioning when we're discussing a guy who we've seen perform in that role in the past. So yeah, I mean, like I like his matchup against the the Commanders um, this this week could be slightly better maybe, but it's 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 not horrible. Um, and like you say, you know, Tremaine Edmonds mis mispractice earlier in the week, so so Sandboard could be in line for a uh, for another heavy heavy workload, right? Yep, it's not the it's not the Patriots' offense, so I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. the Patriots are a rough are a rough mm-hmm. offense for linebackers. I think this year, <laughs> for sure, for sure. So the the linebacker I'm going to go with here, and who I'm going to feature is Marquez Bell. He's my LB31, rising twelve spots from last week, one behind Caden Ellis, and one ahead of Alex Anzalone. Um, he's really taken advantage, I feel, of the absence of Leighton Van Der Esch over the last month or so. He's been pretty productive with a stat line of 7, 6, and 10 tackles in his last three. And that production looks even better when you consider he wasn't even close to having an every-down role until just last week against the the Eagles. Um, It's not always a requirement that linebackers have to play well um, to have good fantasy production, but it does provide us some reassurance in this case that Bell will remain heavily involved going forward because he's played really, really well in two of his last three games uh, in both coverage and in in run defense as well. Um, the Cowboys and, and Dan Quinn, they're clearly aware of what they've got in him uh, as they've given Bell a bigger role uh, in every week that he's played since since LVE went down. Um and, you know, it's interesting. I was reading um, uh, some some draft profiles about Bell um, just the other day. Uh, I noticed that uh, Chad Ruter, the uh, NFL reporter, said that um, Bell has to um, demonstrate better technique and body control um, to be an effective tackler. Um, but that's actually an area in which Bell has, has excelled, missing only one tackle in 44 attempts this year, which I think is just pretty damn amazing. Um one thing I did write about Bell recently um, was that he was a converted safety. He, he entered the league as an undrafted free safety, um, but um, and that you know the fact that he still has uh, safety eligibility in sleeper can provide a bit of a cheat code, I think, for fantasy managers. Um, his matchup this week is a good one against the Giants. They've allowed some big weeks to opposition linebackers this year. Um, that wasn't the case against the Raiders last week but that game was an exception to that rule um you know this is a weekly show um, but i also like bell's medium to long-term outlook and i wanted to mention that 
Um, LVE doesn't have uh, a concrete timeline in his recovery. And I think the fact that he's had so many unfortunate neck injuries in the past does make you wonder whether he's going to be the long-term answer there. So, yeah, where's where's your head at, head at on uh, on Bell, Mike? Uh, yeah, so so it's funny with Bell. I actually I actually wrote him up in my waiver wire article from week as from week two. Uh, I saw his performance in week one, and he had eight. Uh, you know, he only played. I think he only played 45 percent of the snaps. Had eight tackles, and I'm like, all right, this is someone you're going to want to get ahead on if you can. Um, I'd write him up as a linebacker, but we go by my fantasy league, and I think st- he still has safety. Uh, designation in on my fantasy league, so I've got him as uh, I've got him as my I think my DB seventeen, so pretty close. Um, yeah, I I like I've liked Bell since the begin since almost the beginning of the season, um, playing that box role, that linebacker role now, and um, and although PFF grades aren't like be all end all, but I think PFF grades give you kind of an indication of si- kind of some of the you know sometimes of those fringe players. Sometimes an every down player can have a poor grade, but there's nobody to replace him. So you just kind of have to roll with it. With Bell, I think his his PFF grade is 82.5. So he's got a, a good, solid grade. Um, his coverage grade is 84.1. So uh, I think that's a good indication that you, I don't think you necessarily need to worry, of, worry about him hopefully losing playing time anytime soon. So um, I, I do like Bell. I, I, you know, like I said, he's he he was someone that caught my eye early on in the season. So um, I was happy to see him at that ninety. He had got a ninety four percent of the snaps last week. He had a steady increase from I think fifty three to seventy three into ninety four last week. So definitely has that nice increase in snaps. So um, solid tackle rate. So I'm I'm certainly on board with uh, with Marquis Bell. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, that snap share was was even slightly ahead of uh, Damone Clark. Um, only by a couple of snaps, but that's it's interesting that there's there's little to choose between the two the two guys now because I would have I would have given that that role to to Clark or seen that role go to Clark mm-hmm. almost exclusively going back you know three four weeks ago. So yeah, so let's um, let's hear your your quick hitters at the linebacker position. Um, quickly run us through the other guys that you like for week ten. So I have no inside information. I've got this is no. There's no rationality towards this at all. Um, just take this for a grain of salt. This is more so just a hunch. Um, but for for whatever reason, I think Jack Campbell comes out this week with a full-time role. Something about the bye week, something about maybe watching more more film. I don't know. The defense seems to be better when it's, when it's Campbell and Anzalone, but... I think Jack Campbell comes out with a uh, with a full time role this week, um, and he begins kind of a, a solid uh, second half of the season. So, like I said, this is just going off of a hunch. I'm not. I don't have any inside information. I'm not privy to anything. It's just a hunch and just an absolute guess. Um, and in terms of another linebacker, I like. Um, I mean, I there's. I mean, I guess you can say some of the, you know, any two of the Pittsburgh guys, Quan Alexander or Landon Roberts, I mean, both are in good spots now that Cole Holcomb is out. Um, I think Roberts has a little bit more, even though his his role is more of a uh, kind of a run stopper, plays about half to 60%. Uh, he's really efficient when it comes to producing fantasy points and tackle efficiency with his time. So I think either of the uh, the Pittsburgh linebackers. 
Yep, yep. Uh, everyone should completely hold Mike to that Jack Campbell um, call. Um, he's not he's not getting away with it. We should all start him <laughs> in 100% leagues. And uh, yeah, DM, DM Mike if it doesn't work out. No, I, I, I like that call. Um, I think um, I, it's something I'd love to see. Um, it's something everyone would love to see, I think. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's, let's wait and see what happens. I, I, but yeah, I like, I like that call. Let's, 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 let's see how it plays out. Um, so my guys here, the quick hitters, uh, Tyrod Dodson. Um, he's got a nice matchup against the the Broncos and could be there. Their LB one if uh, Terrell Bernard doesn't make it back from the uh, concussion protocol. Um, the only drawback there, of course, is that the Bills don't play until Monday night. Uh, Monday, Monday night. So uh, you could find yourself shorthanded if you if you play the waiting game. Uh, Levante David uh, is the next one up. He's he's having himself uh, a year, isn't he? Uh, double digit tackles in five out of the last eight games including uh, each of his last four. Um, mm-hmm. He's also chipped in with a couple of sacks, you know, a forced fumble. Uh, and he's got the Titans this week, who've been a favorite uh, a favorite matchup that I like to target with my linebackers this year uh, where possible. Um, and then finally, Jack Sanborn, who we've already discussed uh, for all the reasons that you you mentioned uh, that we talked about already, you know, super, super efficient, um, could have another big, uh, big, a big role this week. So yeah, keep an eye on, uh, on how that injury uh, plays out with uh, Tremaine uh, Tremaine Edmonds this week. So uh, linebackers we don't like. Mike, let's flip this on its head and talk about those guys for a minute. Who do you want to nominate here? Who's the featured linebacker that you don't like for Week 10? Well, I think it's about time we probably have a uh, have a sit-down with uh, with Pete Werner. Um, he's, I, 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 I don't know. This, he's just he hasn't he just hasn't been uh, productive. I've got him as my LB forty. Um, depending on the size of your league and where you know where things at, if you're in a deeper league, uh, I still don't think I would cut him, but I would definitely sit him uh, for the foreseeable future. If you're in a shallow league, yes, where you're you know maybe starting one to two linebackers, and then you've got a couple on your bench. I have no problem with 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 cutting him at this point. Um, so he started off hot first four games, 34 tackles. It was like, all right, we're, we're on a roll 19 tackles in his last five games. And which is just, isn't good. So very low tackle efficiency these last few weeks for a, for a full-time guy. Um, and, uh, it just, I'm, I'm, I'm probably placing Pete Werner on my bench. I, it's funny. I I did a thread on him a few weeks ago, and it's like, all right, there's really. I don't think there's anything to worry about. There's, you know, he's the. Yeah, I think. Um, I think, like I said, if you're you're in a deeper league where linebackers are at a premium, I would definitely sit him for the foreseeable future. Shallow leagues, I do think you can certainly uh, consider cut bait on him. Yeah, he's been he's been frustratingly poor, hasn't he? And I say frustrating because he's got he's got a lot of things going for him. Uh, the most important thing being that you know that sizable sizable role he's got in that uh, yeah, in that same speed. speed he's fast yeah yeah um you know we're not too far apart on this one i've got him as my lb35 this week i i wonder whether it's a, it's a scheme that's just not set up for for massive production at that linebacker spot is it because they play so so little zone coverage maybe um is it because they blitz their linebackers a little more than than most teams you know maybe maybe it's a combination of the two um but whatever excuse we 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 try to use for for his lack of production, it's it's just not been a good a good year, uh, especially so in those those recent games, as you say. Um, so uh, yeah, I can I can totally understand fading him 
even in what should be a a pretty good matchup against the uh, the Vikings this week. I'm on board. So my uh, featured fade at the linebacker spot is uh, Shaquille Leonard. Um, he's my LB50, one behind Jack Campbell. Um, and to be honest, he might fall out of my rankings altogether um, during the Thursday update that I do, depending on the availability of some of these other guys who are currently listed as questionable. Um, it feels like we've been on a bit of a roller coaster with Leonard this year. He's been playing second fiddle to Zaire Franklin all year. Uh, and EJ Speed has been eating into his opportunities as well. Um, he's been generally underwhelming, um, but he has seen more tackle opportunities come his way just in the last two games, maybe with uh, Zaire Franklin out uh, for the last game, certainly. But yeah, what was really concerning, I think, last week was seeing um, Sagoon Alubi, uh, a 2022 undrafted free agent who had previously played something like nine nine snaps, snaps. nine yeah. snaps nine in the snaps. league just came from nowhere to uh to, to to play an every down role against the panthers and and leonard kind of split time with uh with speed and and mm-hmm. came off the field on some of those obvious passing downs you know as i say leonard was productive um was very efficient but he won't sustain that kind of output no. when he's playing such a small role Franklin's still listed as questionable this week, so there is a chance Leonard could be more involved than he might be otherwise. But even so, I think it's a really dangerous game to to expect him to uh, replicate what he's done uh, in the last two weeks. Um, the Colts seem to have lost faith in him, and and I have as well. Um, any thoughts on on Leonard, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I think with with Franklin out, I think we were kind. Of, I think a lot of us were probably under the assumption that it would be speed. That was probably going to come in with that full time role, maybe where the yep. dot, maybe Leonard, but I did not have Sagoon Alubin as the dot wearer in week nine on my bingo card. Um, <laughs> so, plus, I think Leonard has only played like ni- uh, something of 19% of the third down snaps. So he's been coming off on, on most third downs anyway, which is kind of uh, alarming. Um, but yeah, he had a 25.6% tackle rate last week. Um, 55% of the snaps and, and that came to 39 snaps. So that is definitely unsustainable. Uh, I think I have Leonard in my, in my fifties also. Um, but watch, he comes out this week and and has 80% of the snaps. So I, I don't really know what to make with, with that cold situation. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it was, it was very mind boggling because I thought I saw speed wear it. I think it was maybe the shadow, but when I went to review the game, I'm like, no, this the loop. Who? What? <laughs> what are we doing here? So that's just the kind of season it's been. Yeah, yeah. As I say, generally underwhelming for Leonard. I, just, I mention him really, um, and the only reason he's ranked anywhere um, close to my top fifty is because he's been pretty productive the last few weeks, um, and I, I, I was concerned somebody out there might be tempted to to yeah. keep him in their lineups. You know, so yeah, yeah, I think I think he's still viable. I mean, you got what four teams on by this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Kansas City. I think the the Kansas City, the Rams, the Dolphins, and the Eagles. So I mean, that's what six to eight linebackers that you've lost. I mean, you don't have drew tranquil at your disposal, Ernest Jones, Jerome Baker, David long, uh, Zach Cunningham. So you've got some linebackers that are missing. So I think with, again, with like injuries and, and, and bye weeks, you know, these, it's, I hate to say it. Sometimes the, if you're in a deeper league, these 
50, 60, 70% guys, you're going to have to plug them in and, and hopefully for some, and hope for something. Yeah, very true. Very true. I mean, even then I'd prefer myself, I'd prefer to start someone like, a, uh, even like an Anthony Walker type guy. Who uh, knows, I would know he's going to see 60% or so. It's not going to be, yeah, it's not going to yeah. be a huge week, but it's, it's a big gamble with, with Leonard. At least, you know, it's going to be slightly underwhelming with Walker, whereas it could be terribly underwhelming with, uh, with Leonard. I'd, I'd, Take Shaq Leonard over Anthony Walker. Yeah, maybe a bad the example. The Browns, the Browns <laughs> situation. You know, you coming into linebackers to fade. I'm completely. I've I've mentioned this. I think all season in my three down piece. Don't play any Cleveland linebacker at this point. I don't. You can't play any Cleveland linebacker. Anthony Walker and Sio and Takitaki are rotating at at the at the play caller spot. And Jeremiah Wusukormola is barely getting forty to fifty percent of the snaps. So, the Cleveland linebacker position is one you just don't. I I'm just don't even bother with. There's no there's no there's no full time off ball linebacker in that in that in that defense. And there really doesn't need to be one just because Schwartz just has everybody rushing the quarter everybody rushing the quarterback. And there's. They have a, a much better defensive line. Um, it's it's rare that players are getting to that second level to that linebacker area, and there's just not many tackle opportunities. Yeah, you can't blame him if the defense is playing as well as it is. Why? Why? Oh, no, why? No, I mean, I'm as a Browns fan. The Brown the defense has been fantastic to watch. Yeah, yeah, maybe a bad example with uh, with Walker there. Um, yeah. Maybe that's a, a poor choice on my part. Um, <laughs> So, give me your uh, your short list of uh, sort of quick hitters uh, at linebacker that you don't like this week. Um, I probably say, um, you know, with I mentioned Cleveland. Um, I think even Houston is tough. I mean, you've got Cashman. Um, I think he's on the injury report, but then you've got a rotation now uh, at kind of the LB two. Perriman is. Has has some time with the dot, and then then Toto Wo Towo, whatever his name is, has some time, and then you know, Christian Harris, and you've just got uh, a pretty messy rotation uh, now there in uh, in Houston. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not a fun it's not a fun uh, unit to uh, to be invested in as far as fantasy is concerned. Um, big guessing game as to what's going to happen from week to week. You know, like you say, Cashman seems to be the guy there to to own um, when healthy. Um, assuming he's healthy this week, but um, even his snap share, I noticed dipped a little bit this uh, this past yeah, week. Yeah, I think so. he went down to the eighties. Yeah, so it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a sticky situation, really. Um, for me, uh, my quick hitters, uh, linebackers, I don't like this week. Um, talked about them already. Alex Anzalone, um, he's got a firm hold on that role, so maybe a maybe a, a bit of a brave brave one here, unless what you talked about does happen and uh, he, he comes out of this uh, playing playing second to. To Jack Campbell, um, but he's had uh, you know he's had five uh, tackles or fewer in five of his his eight games, uh, which is pretty pretty damn poor. And the Chargers, they're just not a friendly matchup for for opposition linebackers, um, which we know thanks to uh, to Mr. John Macri and his his wonderful charts. Um, Amari Bernie, you know, very briefly looked like he might be the favoured or maybe the only option to help replace Divine Diablo uh, and Luke Matterson. I should mention as well after filling in. As the Raiders LB two um, uh, behind Spillane in Week Eight, but then the Raiders went out and signed Jalon Smith, 
um, who split reps with Bernie last week. And then I saw that um, uh, Diablo was was questionable this week um, in the last few days again. So maybe either him or Masterson can come back. Either way, I don't like what uh, what Bernie has to offer. Finally, Jelani Tavayi, who saw his role drop to the usual levels again um, after the return of Javon Bentley. Um, so yeah, they're my uh, they're my three guys that I'm not not overly keen on this week. So uh, let's talk uh, defensive linemen, Mike. Let's switch position groups. Um, which player on the defensive line do you really, really, really like this week? Uh, I'm going to go on a limb with uh, with Rashawn Gary. I've got him as my DL five. Um, Pittsburgh's offense is allowing nearly two sacks a game to edge rushers. Uh, Gary has a pretty good matchup over Broderick Jones, um, who has a 58.5 PFF pass block grade, which is not great. Um, in 108 pass block snaps, he's allowed uh, two quarterback hits and five total quarterback pressures. So um, I think Gary is going to give uh, Broderick Jones uh, a hand, uh, quite a quite a handful this week. Um, Gary has 13 pressures over his last three games, uh, a 21.2% pressure rate to go along with a 30.5% win rate. Uh, and with win rate, that means Gary is beating his blockers in fewer than two and a half seconds. Um, that is, that's pretty quick. Um, and Gary has been a pretty solid, uh, pass rusher all season, uh, finally kind of getting more into, uh, not a full-time role, but definitely getting enough snaps to where. Uh, he's someone you can you can count on. Um, for me, his past rush metrics are just showing me uh, a big game and big weeks are coming. Yeah, look, I mean, now we're talking. I, I love Rashawn and Gary. Uh, you know, there's very few edge rushers that I would recommend starting when their their snap share is as low as Gary's was um, to start the season as he was 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 getting his way back to to full health. Um, but I felt pretty comfortable starting him myself and, and recommending others to do the same because he's he's just that good. Um, and he was still getting it done, even though he was playing, you know, 30, 35 percent of the of the snaps each week. Obviously, the the sacks themselves haven't been there in, in recent weeks. But I think, yeah, drop him at your peril um, because he's still generating plenty of pressure, as you said. Um, and it's just a matter of time before those those sacks return. Um, and this Steelers offensive line, as you pointed out, Boderick Jones, um, you know, they've given up some some big games to opposition edge rushers uh, this year. Um, and against a rookie, yeah, I, I I really like the the call. I've got him as my edge edge nine this week. Yeah. So yeah, again. Gary's um, but yeah, Gary's snap share has gone from right around, you know, he was getting like 16, 30%. I think before the buy, he was at about 47, but now he's in the 60s over the last three weeks. So I'm I'm more than comfortable with that usage. Totally on board. Totally on board. Um, so my featured like on the defensive line for week 10 is Boye Mafe. Um, he's my my edge 17 uh, or DL 19 this week. That's, I didn't expect to, to, to say, to, or at this point in the season, to be saying that he was that high. You know, he's one behind uh, Jermaine Johnson and one ahead of Adafe Owe. I've, I've just been really impressed with with Mafe this, this year. Um, and Wosu's absence may... Have helped a bit, but this is more about uh, an increase in um, uh, his overall game than it is about um, uh, extra opportunity. He's got a sack in his in each of his last six games. His pressure rate has almost doubled from last year, and his win rate 
uh, or the frequency at which it beats blockers is uh, is more than tripled from from 2022. Um, it's not like he's had sort of cupcake matchups either. Um, he's played the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Browns, and the Ravens in the last month. And of those teams, only uh, the Browns, sorry, Mike, rank in the top 10 uh, of teams who have allowed the most sacks this year. Um, what gets me excited about him for Week 10 specifically, though, is that he has arguably the best matchup he's had all year when he faces the Commanders. Um, Sam Howell and Washington have, have not given up quite as many sacks in the last few games as they were earlier in the year, but they still allowed the second most sacks in the NFL. Um, did you see, Mike, the, the hustle on that one play where he chased Lamar Jackson about 25, yeah. 30 yards down the field? It was... Yep. I don't know, just a kind of something else that I like about him. He's he's just got that uh, he's got that got that sort of hustle in him, and he's not going to give up on a play. It was it was pretty cool to watch. Yeah, good player. Um, I get I for whatever reason when you said Boye Mafia, I was thinking, oh God, I hope he doesn't have a good game against the Browns. But then I'm, I I got him in Oway. I got him in Odafe Oway confused, but. Yeah, Mafe's bit picked things up. I think he actually had a pretty good game against Cleveland, if I don't, if I recall correctly. Um, so, um, yeah, definitely, definitely picked to, picked his game up um, uh, this year. It's nice to see that that development from year one to year year two. I was expecting it it to be all on Wosu this year. You know, 60, 70, 80 percent of the snaps, and then a sort of a, a rotating. Uh, crew behind him with Maffe and Taylor and, and others. But yeah, it's nice to see him kind of emerge from the pile and, and step up when they needed him most, you know? Um, so yeah, it's it's quick hit of time. Um, do you have any other defensive linemen who you're keen on for week 10? Uh, yeah, Bryce Huff, I have as my DL23. Um, big pass rush specialist. So probably, you know, more of a, a big place big play scoring formats where you're getting a little bit more for your big plays, your sacks. Uh, but, uh, but Huff definitely fits that bill of a big play specialist. Uh, he should line up most of his, his pass rush snaps over Jermaine. I'm going to botch the last name, but Jermaine Elamanur, Elamanur, Elamunor, um, 57.4 uh, PFF pass block grade has been responsible for five sacks, three QB hits, and 13 total pressures. Huff has uh, an, a, just an astounding 29.3% pressure rate and 27% win rate. Um, he's got sacks in four straight, uh, so I like him to make it five this week uh, in a really good matchup um, opposite uh, Jermaine Elliott-Monor. Um, Another guy I do like, I'm, I'm always a fan of, uh, I always like Jonathan Greenard. I love what D'Amico Ryans has done with this kid. Um, and I think he's got a pretty good matchup this week over uh, Orlando Brown. Brown's got a 64 pass block grade, which is average, but uh, but Joe Burrow can kind of hold on to the ball sometimes a little too long. And uh, and Greenard just has a, uh, just has a motor. And uh, he's just one of those guys that is not going to stop until either the whistle blows or until he gets to the quarterback. Yeah, good list. Good list, Mike. I like both guys. Uh, Huff, especially. I uh, I know this is, a, again, this is a weekly uh, a weekly ranking show, but if we've got any dynasty managers uh, listening in, then, then go out and get get Huff. He's, he's, you mentioned his, his, his underlying pass, pass, pass rush metrics are, are stellar this year, but that's been the case for, for two seasons now. And then the knock on him really is that his snap share isn't quite what it should be because he plays in such a deep rotation there for the Jets. Um, but 
his contract's up after this year. And with Will McDonald coming through, um, you'd, you'd, you'd like to, and everybody else is under contract there uh, for 2024, at least. Um, you'd like to think that Huff could find a, a new team and be rewarded for what he's been doing now for, for two years um, and maybe play a bigger role. It's, it's pretty exciting to wonder what, what could become of him if he, if he does find a new team. But, uh, but yeah, big, big fan of the player. Um, so my first guy here, and I've gone pretty deep here um, just to, to kind of set the scene, Mike, I, uh, you know, guys like Micah Parsons, Max Crosby, Aiden Hutchinson, they've got Mike, are you, are they, really, really, those are good players. Those are, good yeah, players. yeah, are, really. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, brand new information. <laughs> brand new. Yeah. They've got, they've got amazing uh, matchups this week. Um, but nobody's considering, you know, not starting these guys unless they're, they're, they're not in their right mind. But so I've gone pretty deep uh, with my, with my list here. And I've gone with uh, my first guy is Osa Odigazua of the, of the Cowboys. Who I think offers some nice, Weekly upside, if you're looking for, you know, like a DT2 or, or a bi-week replacement. Um, he struggled for sacks after starting fast with, I think he had three in his first two. But he's earning a, a bigger role at the expense of Neville Gallimore. And he has a great matchup against the the Giants. Doesn't really get much better um, this week. So he's he's somewhere, someone you can look to, I think, if you're looking for a little bit of help at that DT position for, for week 10. Uh, a couple of other guys who I want to mention here. Uh, a pair of uh, of edge rushers on the same team. Uh, it's the Bucks, uh, Joe Tryon Shienko and and Shaq Barrett. You know, neither of these guys have have lit it up this year. I think Bar- well, Barrett's had his moments, but but Tryon Shienko has been a a huge disappointment uh, yet again. So yeah, don't don't start either of them as more than a sort of an edge three, maybe an edge four even. Um, but if you were to to need some some help at the edge spot, then. Um, yeah, again, they've got some. They've got they've got a tasty matchup against uh, Andre Dillard, uh, the Titans this week, who's allowed more pressures and more sacks than any other offensive tackle in the league. And they'll both see some reps against him because they do move from the left to the right edge. They do interchange. So whenever they're lined up against Dillard, then um, yeah, good good things can happen. So try him. So defensive lineman, we we don't like uh, Mike. Kick us off by talking about your featured guy here. Uh, I got Ed Oliver. Just Adam is my DL 65. He had that big game against Jacksonville and just really hasn't done a whole lot since. He's, I think he's gotten four total tackles in the last three games. He'll get a sack here and there, but uh, I, I just, I think he's, he's a name at this point. Um, and I don't know. He just, he just hasn't, hasn't really done anything. Uh, like I said, Week, you know, it was week uh, the week against Jacksonville. He had nine tackles, three tackles for loss. He had a sack, forced fumble, and then has just been quiet in the stat sheet ever since, uh, including a tasty matchup against the Giants where he put up a goose egg of zeros all across the board. So, um, uh, start at Oliver at your own peril. This this might be this might be one of our first disagreements. You know. Uh, Mike, I I think it's a pretty a pretty bold call. Um, the tackle numbers aren't there, and like you say, he has kind of faded away a little bit in the, in the three games since. Forgot actually that he hadn't done a lot against the the Giants, a matchup that he should have really um, really really produced well in, um, considering with the state of their offensive line and the amount of sacks that they've given up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, over the course of the season, he has been one of the, the more productive interior defensive lineman um and i i famously lost a bet to uh 
uh, Aaron Evers earlier in the year when I said I thought that Jeffrey Simmons was gonna was gonna have a bigger week than Ed Oliver. I think it was week four. Um, but yeah, and it's a big but. I will I will concede that if we're looking at the underlying uh, metrics, then his you know his twelve point one percent pressure rate and his win rate, which ranks thirty ninth amongst all interior defensive linemen, do suggest that he he might see some drop off in terms of his production at some point, unless those numbers increase, of course, um, in which case I'll have a bit more faith in him. Um, I just don't think that this week is the week that that could happen or should happen when he's playing against, uh, I think it's Russell Wilson, isn't it? And the Broncos, um, they've given up the fourth most sacks in the league. And I know most of their troubles can be pinned, um, on Mike McGlinchey uh, at right tackle, but but Oliver does spend a fair amount of his time lined up over and outside the tackle in that sort of four or five tech role. So, uh, yeah, I think he has a chance to to remain productive this week. Um, so yeah, it's not hard disagree, Mike. Um, but yeah, I'm we're we're we're, we're a little far apart on this one. I think. Yeah, I there's I don't know there just isn't any I don't know they're just. I think he takes up space, which I think he does a, a good job of. Um, but I think it's going to be, again, the uh, I think it's going to be more of the edge rushers that get home. I think it's going to be more Leonard Floyd and, and Gregory Russo and maybe AJ Epinesa. But I just think Oliver and, and Phillips will just take up some, they'll take up some space, eat up some blocks, might get some tackles off of, uh, of Javante and Jaleel McLaughlin, whoever is running the ball. But I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know. I, he'll, he I wouldn't surprise me if he just had, you know, maybe three or four tackles. Um, but I don't know. I don't see a, a big game out of him this week. Fair enough. Fair enough. I do yep. think, yeah, I do agree on the, the Russo call. I know he spends more time on that left, left edge. So should face more of McGlinchey than, than most. Um, so yeah, that, he could, he could, he could make some noise if he, um, if he plays, so a sufficient enough uh, or a sizable enough role, which is the only the only uh, concern when it comes to those Bills Bills edge rushes. Um, so my uh, one of my biggest fallers in my rankings this week is uh, is Jonathan Cooper. He's my uh, edge thirty nine or DL forty nine, uh, one behind Danico Autry and one ahead of Zayvon Collins. Um, you know, I talked about Nick Benito in this same segment um, going back a few weeks. Um, and a lot of the same sort of rationale that I mentioned then applies to Cooper now. Um, even though I do think Cooper is the slightly better player at this point in their careers. Um, you know, the, the Broncos welcome back Baron Browning in week seven versus the the Packers. And as Browning returned to health, his role has increased and Cooper's role has, has decreased. He's gone from playing 86% of the snaps to playing only 61% last week. And that doesn't totally kill his value. Right, um, but it does hurt it quite quite a bit. He did have a sack and, and four pressures before their bye in that surprise win over the the, the Chiefs. Um, but Mahomes was feeling under the weather in that game, um, and I think Cooper could find it difficult to kind of match that kind of output against Josh Allen and the Bills. They're a team that have given up very few sacks, um, fewer than a sack a game, in fact, in their last five games. Um, so yeah, nothing about this situation really suggests to me that it's going to be a, a big week for for Cooper. Mike, do you do you agree or disagree? I uh, don't have a problem with that call. I think it, it, you know Cooper is kind of tailed off a little bit. So uh, 
Um, I kind of like Benito a little bit more than than Cooper. And then, yeah, you introduce Baron Browning and you kind of have a now a, a little bit of a, a rotational mess. So, um, yeah, I don't, have a, I don't have a problem with that call. Good stuff. Any other defensive linemen you're, you're fading in Week 10? Um, not really. Um, I mean, you got a, you know, you kind of got a bunch of guys. Uh, I mean, not really. No, it's just, yeah, you just kind of got a bunch of guys that you might need to start, but you know, not necessarily anybody that I'm kind of like, nah, you got to avoid, but, uh, just, you know, once you get past that top 50, that top 60, you're just kind of like praying for a miracle at this point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's very true um yeah speaking of which i've got uh harold landry on on my list of uh quick hitters at the position that i don't like he's he's had four sacks but he's i think he's lucky to have that number um he hasn't brought a lot of pressure his drop off in production is, is 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 no great surprise given that he's always relied so heavily on volume for that production uh, rather than talent, and he's now not getting that volume. Now he's got extra people to to compete with at that spot. So, uh, and yeah, matchup against the Bucks don't don't like it. Um, two good offensive tackles, a QB who's not given up very many sacks. Again, nothing about that situation is 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 anything that I like. Josh Allen, uh, he's a guy I really like actually. Um, big fan of uh, of Allen, um, but yeah, he's I don't like his matchup with. Uh, uh, Trent Williams, um, and again, the 49ers, they've not given up many sacks this season. So um, while I'm a fan of the player, just not a fan of the matchup this week. So he's dropped slightly in my rankings. And then finally, DJ DJ Wanham, um, because I just I feel like the don't think he's very good, the bottom line. Uh, he's been more productive <laughs> than I think he can sustain going forward. Um, he's another player that relies so heavily on snap volume rather than uh, ability. And while I think he might have some opportunities against uh, Andres Pete um, at uh, at right tackle, um, any any snaps he has against Ryan Ramchick, I think it's advantage uh, Ramchick there. So yeah, DJ one, I'm an- another one for me who I'm I'm down on. Not really just this week, but in general, to be honest. Yeah, he had a he had a good game not too long ago. He had a he's had a couple of good games, but yeah, he's he relies a lot on uh, um, on his efficiency, and sometimes that efficiency can be quite unsustainable. Yeah, I know Marcus uh, Davenport's not not close to being back. Well, at least I don't think he is yet. I haven't seen anything in the last few days. So one of you know should should remain really heavily involved. But yeah. I, I, not a fan of the player. I never have been. I don't think he's ever been very good. He's always he's always had a reasonable number of sacks, um, but again, it's only because he's he's played so so many snaps. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like a, a Howard Landry um, or a poor man's Howard Landry from from previous years, maybe. So, yep. Um, so with that, we're on to defensive backs already. Um, it's DB time. You know what what safety or cornerback uh, would you recommend people start in week ten? Mike, who's your feature guy here? Well, for me, I will. I love Grant Delpit. He's had such a really good season. Uh, Jim Schwartz. I mean, he had a. I mean, he had a good season last year. But Jim Schwartz is really just. I don't know. It just seems he's done wonders with this guy. Uh, just seems to be around the ball, making big plays. Uh, he's got a forty-eight percent forty-eight percent box rate, uh, an eighty-three percent line of scrimmage rate. So he's playing up in the slot. He's playing up on the edge. 
Uh, he's got a 12% tackle rate, which is elite for a defensive back, 9.3% solo rate. So he's getting all the tackles that the linebackers are supposed to get because uh, he's on, I, I think he's just a better player. Um, the Ravens are allowing 16 tackles a game to the safety position. So uh, for me, I, I think Delpit is going to be one of those, uh, I guess what you can say, kind of one of those spies I, I'm thinking uh, for, for Lamar. Um, I think he's got the, well, nobody can match Lamar's quickness or speed, but I think, I think Delpit is a, is going to be in position to make tackles. Um, and I think he and JOK are probably going to be the spies. Um, I think at the, in that, at that, at the, in, in the box for, for Lamar, but uh, but yeah, I really like Delpit's matchup this week. And like I said, he's playing up in the box, he's playing up on the line of scrimmage, um, and he's uh, he's got the tackle numbers and the production to uh, to back up the uh, um, the play up near the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. He's my DB 16 this week. Um, you know, we had a little lull there for a couple of weeks. Um, forget what weeks it was, maybe like three, four, five, six, sort of that area. But he's he's rebounded again in the last in the last few games, um, and it wasn't really much of a, a lull anyway. Uh, I'm being picky. Um, I love his matchup with the Ravens, like you this week. Um, they didn't allow many tackles to the Seahawks last week, but but coming into that week, they were second in uh, tackles allowed to mm-hmm. the position. So yeah, lot to like about uh, about Delpit this week. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to talk about uh, Keyshawn Nixon this week. Uh, he's my CB8 or my DB38, one behind Benjamin St. Just and one ahead of Alohi Gilman. Um, now, this one might be a bit of a, a head-scratcher for anyone who's playing in a league that doesn't reward return yardage for special teams players, uh, as a fair bit of, uh, of Nixon's value has come in that fashion on kick returns and punt returns for the Packers. Um, and that alone has made him a, a DB, uh, a top 16 DB option in formats that recognize return yardage. Um, but I feel like there's, a, there's another reason to get excited about Nixon following the trade of Rizul Doug- Douglas to the Bills. Um, in the first game without Douglas, Nixon saw a season high 83% snap share and he finished with five solo tackles, his second highest of the, of the year and his best since the, uh, the opening game of the season, in fact. Now, there is a chance that the Nixon saw uh, additional snaps in the last game because Rudy Ford missed time. Um, Nixon is the favoured slot DB, but Ford also plays uh, in that uh, in that spot occasionally as well. Um, but with Ford still questionable, and, and as I say, with Douglas now gone, I do like Nixon's chances of remaining more involved in the defence than he has been uh, in, the first, uh, in the first half of the season. And at the very least, we know that Again, depending on your scoring system, he has a pretty safe weekly floor uh, with that return yardage. So, yeah, I, I I like him. I like his his situation. It also helps that the, the Packers are playing the the Saints, um, sorry, the Steelers this this week, who rank second in attempted punts per game. So, yeah, that's my that's my call for this week. Any thoughts from you on Nixon, Mike? Yeah, and I like. Um... If Ford continues to be out, I do like Jonathan Owens because I think he stepped into Ford's role. Um, last couple of weeks, he's had a, uh, a 50% box rate, and that's led to some uh, uh, increased tackle production. So if Ford's out, I definitely like uh, I definitely like Jonathan Owens, but I like the uh, the Nixon call. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to see Owens uh, 
um, name being thrown around again after uh, after you know that fast start he made last last season. He kind of yeah. I was hoping that he might win one of those roles, but yeah, the, the the Packers are clearly not too disappointed with what they've seen in Ford so far. I guess they're hoping to have him back this week. Yep. I don't know what his, uh, the latest on his status was. I think he was still listed as questionable. Um, but yeah, good good shout. Um, so, can you give me your your quick list of any other DBs that you that you like in Week Ten? I know it can be difficult at the position. Well, you sometimes. mentioned well, you mentioned Marquise Bell. You know, we've got Mark. I got Marquise Bell as a as a DB. I think I got him as my DB seventeen, but for all the reasons you mentioned. So, um, those are the kind of the two DBs that I uh, that I do like. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, if, if if Ford is out, I like Owens is kind of like a plug and play. Um, mm-hmm. I. Do you like Devin Witherspoon also uh, against the Commanders? I know Howell's played better as of late, but I think he could see some targets, and I think he could, you know, I think with Howell, I think with that pass rush, um, that improved pass rush, I think uh, if Howell has to throw the ball early, uh, I think Witherspoon can uh, can maybe get a pick, um, a couple, maybe a couple of defended passes, but I like Witherspoon also. Nice, nice. Um, so I've gone with, uh, well, Delpit was on my list, who we've already discussed. Um, Ray Sean Jenkins, um, he's got a chance to put up some some good tackle numbers um, in that sort of favorable matchup with the uh, 49ers. Uh, and lastly, Kyler, Kyler Gordon, um, whose role has been growing steadily since he returned to action three or four, four weeks back. Um, you know, it would be a, a stretch to expect him to do what Kenny Moore did against um, the, the Panthers um, this week. But at least he has a chance to, to put up solid tackle numbers uh, against a team that has allowed the third highest tackle efficiency to opposition corners. Um, so let's talk about guys that we don't like, Mike. Um, can I have your deep dive uh, at the position uh, that, you're, uh, that you're championing for Week 10? Uh, yeah, I know uh, I, I know my, my message over to you. I don't like any DBs, but... <laughs> um, one guy I, I don't like is, is Jason Pinnock. Um, his yeah. low tackle floor. Um, he has just one game of six tackles since week two. Just a low tackle efficiency for a full time player. Uh, he he plays deep. He's only got an eighteen percent box rate, and he's more of a deep safety. Um, I know sometimes you've got deep safeties who are the exception of the rule that do get tackles, but uh, but he's not one. So I've got him as my DB forty nine. Um, I just I I like Xavier McKinney a little bit more. Um, and uh, I like his role in the defense, and I just I don't know. Just Pinnock is just uh, do, I doesn't carry much upside for me. Okay, cool. Um, I'm fading Julian Love this week. Um, he's unranked for for only the second time of the year. Um, you know, I was kind of sat there watching that that Seahawks game, um, and just wondering where 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 Love is. Um. I'm not, I'm not talking about love. No, no, love. I've, got, I've got no amount of issues to speak of. I'm talking about Julian Love. And I, I had to double check the injury report to make sure that I didn't miss any mention of him and being listed there. His, his, his snap share was, was, was really low. I think it was like in the 30s, 35, 40%. Um, and it was already looking a little shaky in the, uh, in at least two of the three games before last mm-hmm. week, um, since Jamal Adams returned to the lineup. Um, so yeah, there was a chance it was a, a game, a game plan, uh, or game specific thing. Maybe um, you know Lamar Jackson is the kind of player who tends to make defensive coordinators do or employ unusual game plans, right? But mm-hmm. but as I say, Love hasn't been that every down guy. 
um, that we saw earlier in the year. And I'm I'm pretty comfortable fading fading any defensive back if they're not uh, playing uh, every down or, or near to it, especially when the Seahawks are, are playing against the team that isn't typically a, a favorable matchup for DBs in the uh, in the Commanders. So that's my that's my take on. On Julian Love, I, I doubt many are going to be starting him this week um, based on that small snap share from last week. But I mentioned him just in case um, someone might have missed it and just assumed he had a, a quiet week. He didn't. He, he barely played. Um, okay, Mike. So, yeah, final segment. Let's, let's hear the quick hitters, if you have any, at the DB position who have dropped in your rankings or in your view for week 10. Yeah, Jaron Curse. Um even though you know he's a full-time player, he he calls the plays. He's the signal caller. He's actually the one that wears the dot. But just inefficient this year. Um, he's only averaging just over four, four tackles a game. Uh, very low tackle efficiency. Uh, I mean, if you look at his game log, he's only got he's got three games of of more than six tackles, um, and uh, he's not really contributing much in the way of. A big plays, you know, he's he's got one interception, doesn't have a forced fumble, three defended passes, so not really contributing in the way of IDP um, and fantasy points. So for me, um, yeah, I uh, I've got J. Ron Curse down, I believe, uh, you know, I you know outside of my top forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm again very very similar. I've got him at fifty two. And it, it kind of pains me to to to, to agree because he's been, he's been one of those guys who's who's been free every year in in, in almost every IDP league I'm in, but um, pretty reliable, you know. Again, when mm-hmm. healthy, pretty pretty reliable source of of tackles at least. Um, but yeah, this year is is not his year. Um, so yeah, uh, my my guys here, Ryan Neal. Um, he really struggled in that uh, in that buck scheme in in coverage especially and it looks to have kind of He's finally benched. caught up yeah caught up with him um benched as you say last week against the was it the Texans they played um yeah just just mm-hmm. t- time to time to cut ties with with Ryan Neal Denzel Ward who kind of came up clutch in that in that game with the cards last week um he's playing against the Ravens this week and we know Lamar Jackson's making very few mistakes uh, and the Ravens are allowing one of the, the the lowest tackle efficiencies to opposition corners as well. So there's not much to like about Ward. Again, sorry, Mike, Browns fan. Um, and then finally, um, Levi Wallace of the Steelers, who was having a pretty productive year until he started conceding snaps to Joey Porter Jr. Um, so yeah, you know, look, that, uh, that about does it for week week 10. Mike, we've it feels like we've raced through that. Um, you've been a star in the same way as you were when you came on the show <laughs> earlier in the year. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Absolutely had, uh, happy to do it. Oh, you've had as much fun breaking down some of these rankings uh, as as I have. Absolutely. Yep. 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 Um, so share with our audience, if you will, uh, where they can go to find you and your content this year. Uh, yeah, follow me on uh, Twitter at Mike underscore Woolert. Uh, We'll also throw in not only some IDP, but we'll also throw in some some WWE when I watch a pay per view. So be uh, be uh, be aware that I will throw out some WWE uh, tweets and references, and uh, and then in terms of uh, content at 444.com rankings, uh, three down article, waiver wire, and uh, cornerback matchups. Yeah, if any if any of our listeners uh, or viewers are, are not 
not following Mike uh, Mike's uh, three down linebacker article specifically, um, then you're missing out. Definitely go and give that a, a look and, and bookmark it. It's it's um, I mentioned at the top of the show there. It's it's been one of my go tos every year for for several years. How long have you been doing it for, Mike? That particular article now. Uh, I want to say six years. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It gives you everything you need about uh, what's happening with with every linebacker position on every team. Um, so yeah, go and uh, go and check that out. Um, as usual, I'm on uh, Twitter at Jace Abbey. Um, if anyone is interested in following me and the the full rankings we've discussed here, which are updated at least twice a week before the Thursday night game and the Sunday slate, uh, can be found over on the idpshow.com. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate your support. I hope you found today's show useful and I wish you the best of luck with your week 10 matchups. Bye for now. Bye.